This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Last year, I spent more money on spilled liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. It's time for Dirt and Spring. You're talking to the Rolex. Wearing diamond ring, wearing gift stealing, woo! With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. Wheel of dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. And I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! The fan. All right, 602 in the road city. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland Sports Leader. 1080, the fan. How we doing? How we feeling? What is happening? That is obviously not the Joker and Thief audio that every football team has stolen from us. They all stole it. We were the first. Nobody had ever heard that song until our show came along. We definitely been doing it longer than the Ducks. You're damn right we have. Rob Mullins, you thief. Do you remember the first time you heard it at the game? Uh, I actually don't remember the first time I heard that at the game. But I remember thinking, hey. Hey, that's our show open. <laughs> it's time for Dirt and Sprague. Here we go. There's an NFL team, and I'm I'm forgetting who because I think a few of them use it. There's an NFL team that uses it on, like, big plays or third downs or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is a little bum, odd. Bum, 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 bum. I feel like that one and what's the like there's just universal songs that no matter what sporting event you go to it even it could be a basketball game it could be a baseball game but primarily football you're going to hear one of those two songs the ba bum 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 yeah that what's the name of that song that's the jack white riff right yeah. what's the name of, um, what's the name of that song uh, I feel like Jor- Jordan looks like somebody that would know. Yeah, absolutely he's, not. He's dealing with some stuff over <laughs> I, there right I, now. This is a morning for me. I just you <laughs> probably don't want to talk to me right now. Hey, welcome in. We got hey! a new studio. <laughs> Hi guys. Yeah, new studio went from losing to the uh, Huskies on Saturday, a bitchy <laughs> night uh, on Saturday, to a bitchy Monday morning. But it's good to be in with you guys. I love you too. I love you. Well, what I was gonna say was <laughs> that Jack uh, White riff that plays so famously. 
it's a symbolism. So, like, Joker and the Thief is either the kickoff or it's a big third down. That Jack White riff to me, when I hear that, mm-hmm. I think big run home teams just pulling away and murdering the other and team. And now the whole crowd's kind of doing that song. So the momentum's okay. going. Like, you know what comes to my mind is the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals with LeBron, D. Wade, Bosch. I felt like when they have, like, a burst of threes, the crowd would do that chant. And I think I remember you saying, like, you hate that crowd. <laughs> and rightfully so. Is this before they all left early or after they all left this early? This was, you know, when they came back. Oh, okay. After the, they, so after half the crowd left early yeah. in the NBA Finals. Gotcha. And they realized the game wasn't over. They came back. They you ended know. up winning the NBA championship. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. were all diehard yeah. fans because everybody yes. in Miami loves sports. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's, got it. that's what they would tell you. But uh, <laughs> when I hear that riff, I genuinely think the game is it's over. The other team is pulled away. That's the crowd's victory cigar because everybody loves to do that chant together. They do. Uh, that's what they, they dial up right after Shout is done at Odson. So you get done with Shout, and then you go to the uh, 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 and everybody starts doing it. Right out of Shout? Right or? out of Shout. You go straight, You go Shout to Jack White, and it's a good transition. Sure. Because everybody was singing, and now we're kind of more humming along, and everybody's vibing and feeling good until, you know, you know what a game um, you know what's cheered me up the last 24 hours? Do you want to keep talking about music at sports games? That'd be great. Or... I'd love to. You know what's cheered me up a lot in the last 24 hours? Seeing the Beavers cover their number this weekend. <laughs> We're in the trust tree. No, because I took Cal and packed old picks. <laughs> yeah, so so that, that didn't cheer me up at all. Uh, you, know, you know what it is? I don't care. I'm going to say it. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm brave, but I'm brave enough to put myself out there like this. Okay, all right. Christmas music. Yes. I love you, Dirk. We need to we we need to go listen to some Christmas November fourteenth. Dude, I started I started bumping some Frank November fourteenth. Yeah, woke up yesterday, not feeling great, a little down in the dumps, not not wow. uh, not thrilled about the way things are going. I said, you know what, you know what, this Sunday morning needs a little Bing Crosby, huh? A little Bing Crosby to turn. Right? I mean, come on, just hits you right in the feels. Thinking about putting my lights good. up this week because it's going to be dry. Dude, going did you early. put your lights up? Not yet, but I am going to this week. So I. Looked at, so yesterday I'm driving. I'm glad you brought this up. So I have a couple houses in my neighborhood that have their lights up. Like, one looks professionally done. There's no way. I've seen these people. They can't corral their dog in their backyard. No chance these people are putting these lights up this clean. <laughs> so I see these lights are up, and I'm like, damn. Should I be doing my lights today? Because I don't check weather reports. I don't check the weather until I'm, like, I'm golfing or I'm going to be somewhere. So I don't know what the weather says for the next five, seven days. So I'm, I see my neighbor, and I'm like, should I be doing my Christmas lights today? Underrated good move because I don't know when the rain's coming back, and nobody likes doing that crap when it's wet and cold. Exactly. I didn't do it because largely I'm lazy. But then I opened the weather app, and I saw we have like five days here where we – It's perfect. It, perfect weather. If you're going to decorate for Christmas, this is the week to decorate for Christmas. Now, I don't know about turning the lights on. I don't know if I'm there yet. I usually wait. Like, you get them up, make sure they're all plugged in, make sure all your lights work, and then I don't hook up the timer until probably Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving weekend, it's free for me with movies yeah. and music and decorations. It might even be like Wednesday of Thanksgiving week, to be honest with you. You go night before Thanksgiving, lights on. Okay, turn cool it on. Yeah, there's a turkey meeting coming up here tomorrow. Now, have you guys set up decorations inside the house yet? Because my wife spent this weekend, we've got 
uh, two fake trees already up posted around the house. We're going to get a real tree whoa, still. Whoa. I mean, we are we are going whoa. hardcore this year. I'm not quite there yet. Oh, so excited. You're a multi-tree guy. Yeah, yeah. We I, Hey, we've got one in the master bedroom. We've got one in the TV room. Mm. We've got one in the main area. I mean, we are just all <laughs> over the place with the Christmas. I kind of like the vibe idea of having a tree in the master. I kind of, I'm kind of digging that. I love to sleep with the tree on. Is anybody else hearing a buzz when he turns his microphone on or yeah. is that my headphones? No, it's, I, okay. I, I, oh, good. That's, yeah. That is, so that's happening. That's yeah. just not my yeah. headphones. Okay. Okay, I too. thought maybe it was right. my headphones. And it's only no, I, when you talk. Yeah, yeah there well, it is. Shut yeah. up, yeah. man. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Nobody wants to hear Jordan, and nobody really wants to hear that buzz. <laughs> well, we don't even know if that's Sports going out over the air. Update. Is there a buzz going out over the air? I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know yeah. what I had to say multiple times on the pregame show Saturday, coming back from break? I don't know if we're still on the air right now, but I'm going to keep talking. Are we on? I get a text from the wife. Yeah, honey, you're still on. Okay, cool. Thanks. It's the only one responding. <laughs> Is your wife? I got nobody. She's driving now to Thanks, Eugene. baby. Appreciate it. Oh, man. Audience of one. That's all that matters. Well, you know, I found some good news out this weekend. I found out that our, you know, when we bring a guest on the phone, uh-huh. to us, it sounds like we're talking like this. I was told this weekend by two people that, indeed, that is not the sound that comes out. It sounds normal. Oh, okay. But for us, for, I, I don't know, whatever reason, it sounds like we're talking through a toilet paper tube. Yeah, it doesn't sound great there, Bob. It doesn't sound great. Somebody said uh, the Crazy Train by Ozzy is another song that's really overused at sporting events. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. That's Thank a good you. one. You know what's too bad? It's too bad that Gary Glitter was like a pedophile. Like, that was just too bad. Because rock and roll, like, I mean, I mean, Gary Glitter, that was, that's the jam. That's the, that's the go-to. I think it's bad when everybody's a pedophile, but okay, it's Gary just, Glitter specifically shouted out. It's too bad you were a pedophile. It's a real shame for Gary Glitter, man. I'm too scared to talk. I, I did the, the, the buzz. It's <laughs> such a good song. No, I, I agree. This song you know? is good. What did you talk about at 608? <laughs> Gary Glitter being a pedophile. <laughs> we all should have probably known that. What was your last segment on the radio spent talking about? <laughs> that, right there. Have you ever seen what Gary Glitter looks like? I don't want to see what Gary Google Glitter looks like. Just Google Gary I'm, Glitter. I'm, I'm Googling a pedophile now. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Him. I appreciate it. I think it. he was a pedophile. Isn't that what he got in trouble for? Dude, you better be right by saying this. Well, publicly. no, he did some super effed up stuff. Oh, he, I know he that. looks like somebody. It, thank you. That's, yeah. uh, that was the point. Yeah, he looks it, like he murders children at a, a kid's TV show. Yeah. It's, it's like Wayne Newton gone bad aged like 100 years. It, it's it's a pretty bad look. <laughs> Boy, Wayne Newton. Well, yeah, the suits. The, How the old suits. is Wayne Newton now, by the way? Gotta be like seventy. All right, he oh, had... no, I think Wayne Newton's like ninety, bro. <laughs> he, my apologies. Oh. He's not a pedophile. Oh my god. Child pornography. That's uh, you know, it's its cousin. Yeah, there's a there's a long thing here. I don't want to read through all of it. But <laughs> that's, that's a half brother situation. They had about, they found about four thousand items of child pornography. So uh, that's what he got locked up for. Yeah, it is, yeah, it's really a shame because we shame. we we couldn't keep getting music. Ba, that's ba, the shame ba, of it. Da, da. I mean, come on, that's like the all time sports song, is it not? Am I, I wrong I, here? I, I mean, that is fair. the goat sports song. That is, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a couple. I, I still, maybe uh, the younger generation, I like Sandstorm or Zombie Nation. There's a couple. I mean, Zombie Nation's good, too. Yeah, Zombie Nation's pretty good. A couple songs for that. Uh, Wayne Newton is 80. Wow. And I, I'm, I don't know if anybody's surprised. I, I would not Google what he looks like now. Wayne Newton, I'll always remember him for being the love interest in Vegas Vacation. You know what's funny? I don't I don't really come from the musical background of one Jordan Schultz who decided to keep his musical talents a secret from us for like two straight weeks and then just tell primetime, I can sing. <laughs> he looks like the uh, He looks like a man child. He looks like he's in the wax me like the yes. the figure of the Madame Tussauds wax yes. museum or whatever. Yeah. 
That's what happens when you get plastic surgery. Yikes, he, Wayne. he quite literally looks how a to- if you took a toy from Toy Story <laughs> and made it a human. That's what Wayne Newton looks like. What the hell happened to Wayne Newton? He can't stay away from the needle. I mean, it's hey, simple dude, as he doesn't want to age. Is he still performing? I I don't think he is. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. But he was around long before Vegas vacation. But I got to be honest, because of my age and my musical taste, that's how he resonates with me as he was chasing Beverly D'Angelo. How could you not, too? Oh, my I mean, God, seriously. Beverly D'Angelo? I mean, Ooh. smoke show. Oh, yeah. Absolute dime piece. Underrated crush when I was a child. Yeah. I loved watching Christmas Vacation, and it wasn't because I got most of the adult humor. <laughs> and then she oh shows up in Entourage like 10 years later. You're like, hey, what happened here? <laughs> Actually, we can, we'll can. we dive into this conversation because of the trust circle. In the 90s, there were these select PG-13 movies that showed just a little bit. Just a little just bit? Just a little bit. And, well, the, the original Vacation, she shows her up top. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she does the dance in the shower. She, yeah, that's her start to kind of... Is that her first movie? Was that her first big movie? I'll Google it. Vegas Vacation, or uh, uh, just Vacation. I'd have to... We'd have to look into that. But yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous woman. But Wayne Newton looks like a toy. I mean, he <laughs> he just looks like a plastic figurine that you blew up and his face didn't change, but everything else is human. Not surprised. There's a bit of a Sammy Sosa vibe there, too. Ooh. I, I got like bleaching. <clears throat> yeah, it looks like a little bit with Wayne Newton. It looks like he's a little lighter than some of the um, some of the newer photos. Do we know what Wayne Newton's background is? Yeah, her breakthrough did come in 1983 in that movie. Well, in that- Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah. Okay. Well, good for her. That was a good, I mean, it's a classic movie. It's Ellen Griswold. Ellen Griswold. Yeah. yeah. I always loved that they kept her with Chevy Chase. But they just were always like, we're never committing to any of these kids. <laughs> the kids were always different. <laughs> there was like a different number of kids in every movie. Like, what's happening? Well, the funny one was jokes too. It was good. <laughs> Vacation had, um, uh, what's that nerd's name? Michael something. It's a three name name, and he ended up Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael, Michael Hall. Yeah. He's the original Rusty. And then Christmas Vacation came out, and they went younger and smaller <laughs> with Johnny, uh, is it Galecki? Galecki. Yeah, Johnny Galecki. <laughs> and you're like, wait, wait. Rusty went from like 16, almost a manhood, to looks like a 12-year-old now. What happened here? We're going younger, all right? And they didn't even care. They were just like, nah, we're just going to play this as if it's normal. And you know what? It kind of worked. It was, it was like the new Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones. Like, yeah. why are they changing ages? Why do they look so different? <laughs> but some characters stayed the same. I'm so confused right now. So is this Christmas pre-1983 and we're like reliving it and then we go to like fast forward, let's go to Wally World? What are we doing here? Uh, somebody said no buzz for Jordan on the Odyssey app. You're good to go. Hey, hey, Our right. team streamers are not hearing it dude if it means you can talk i'll deal with some buzzing in my ear thanks guys i, I feel like that. this is going to be a really tough day for us and by us i mean you too <laughs> we have talked about uh pedophilia we've talked about wayne newton's face easy uh, our, it was child pornography let's get it right our oh, well, i mean again it's half brother um <laughs> we've talked about our crushes for beverly d'angelo our affinity for christmas decorations in mid-november and i think most of this conversation is driven by youtube being extremely heard on saturday <laughs> I'm just going to keep deflecting as long as I can. God, the Blazers were so close to beating the Mavs. Huh? Wouldn't oh, that have been a great win? Damn, I know, Jeez. right? How about that Vikings-Bills game? How great was that game? Actually, I was going to talk about that coming up next. A fumble in the end zone, right? How often does that happen? That was wild. That was crazy. i got to be really honest with you. This is going to be the, uh, of all the old takes to have today, of like, so old. <laughs> Saturday. Too many sports. I, I, I honestly cannot, I cannot keep up with three. Like, either give me a red zone with what I want. Or give me two. Don't give me three with, like, phone, uh, laptop, 
television. I, I can't do it. It's just too much. How great would that be if somebody created like personal red zones for you? I, I, I was thinking about this weekend. I'm like, I wish I could put right now root on my bottom right of my screen. And no offense to my own team, but the bees were handling California pretty easily. So well, I humble brag, huh? You had to drop that this early, huh? Well, I mean, you know, one one team won by four scores. And we handled Cal. And then I would have absolutely had Oregon U Dub on the main like the bigger of the three screen options if you're doing a red zone style. Because I was such I mean, all jokes aside, all fandom aside, that's a great football game. That was an amazing like if you're not if you were not an Oregon fan or an Oregon better, that was a Unbelievable football game. I would throw Washington in that, too, because that could have been a devastating emotional loss. Like, you thought, oh, my God, we might actually do this. Sure. And then Oregon, like, if a certain injury doesn't happen or maybe a couple injuries, you know, you just don't know. That's a coin flip type of game, but... Yeah, that was a. I mean, that was a fantastic football game. <laughs> that Shoot, was, I bet the under, and I still won on the on the. Duck God, yeah, and they combined for like forty points in the third quarter. I know it, like, it nobody was like could a get a stop. Two or three point uh, over under. You to get start. a touchdown. You get a touchdown. <laughs> you get a touchdown. Like it was a crazy stretch there in the second half. After yeah. the first half, we're all looking at like, wait a minute. I thought this was supposed to be high scoring. I I liked the overall week. I'm like, what, thirteen to ten? What the hell is this field goal crap? What what's going on? And then it was just boom, 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 boom. Crazy number of touchdowns. Well, it, it should be pointed out, though, the under, as you mentioned, the first half was well in play. And you're like, geez, I, I guess I was. I think, in fact, I'll have to go look. I believe I read on Friday after the show, so shout out to me for this. BetQL had a five-star lock on the under of that game. And I was Whoa. like, really? The under was a five-star the lock? The under was a five-star wow. lock for BetQL. And so the under's in play. And then Dirt, you mentioned it. And it's just like, bam, 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 bam. It's, it basically, you're like, whoever gets the ball last is going to win. Yeah. Turned and, into that, man. And then it kind of just slowed up a little bit. But I mean, that game had, again, outside of fans rooting, like outside ripping our hearts out, it sure. had as an unbiased like a perspective everything you could want. Dramatic decisions. Yeah. Right? Dumb boneheaded play, like weird fumbles and interceptions inside the five-yard line. Oh, yeah. Big-time touchdowns. Yep. Right? I mean, you checked every box of what, what makes a good game, what makes an entertaining game. Right. That one had every single one. It was a good showcase for the conference. Now, it sucked for the conference because you had a team get eliminated from the Pac-12 or from the, the college ball playoff race. Yeah. But for, like, I, I think a lot more people, at least I would hope, I haven't seen the numbers yet, were watching that over TCU Texas because you had almost an exact opposite game going on at the same time it was like 10 to 3 and texas couldn't pick up a first down the entire game would it be devastating to you to find out tcu texas rated higher it would a little bit yeah it would i mean tcu's ranked higher and they're undefeated so i guess maybe there was that drama will they stay undefeated but oregon washington was a 30 billion time better football game than texas tcu was until tcu had the weird fumbled snap that texas ran back for a touchdown that game was boring as hell i'll have to go look at it i'm not seeing it in anywhere right now on the uh, the old google search but i'll have to find it because i am kind of curious because that game as you mentioned was so polar they had less than 200 yards of total offense it was a slugfest washington and oregon combined for like 1200 yeah it was insane <laughs> yeah um, do you like traditional football or you like a shootout yeah. it's it's pretty much you know pick your poison i mean i said this to dirt and swag yesterday betting the overs is the funnest bet I think of sports gambling. Absolutely, because I just want points. I've changed my stance on this. Give me all the points. Give me offense, man. <laughs> Every time I go that way in the NFL, though, they screw me, and I end up losing a couple hundred. You bucks. need to start betting the Bears and the Dolphins overs, buddy, because they don't play defense and they <laughs> score a lot. It's been it's been really financially rewarding for me. Also, bet the under of every Denver Bronco game because no matter no who kidding. they play, they suck. Boy, they are awful. And I let I let Barkley talk me out of that one on Thursday. I was like, "Am I crazy for liking the under in Tennessee Denver?" He's like, "Yeah, Tennessee's defense is terrible." 
and Denver's coming off a bye. And look, he wasn't wrong about those two facts, Mm. but as we found out with uh, Mr. Dangerous, it does not matter. He had a bye, and that's what he... They put up 10 points off of a bye. His last pick that he threw was just a horrendous throw. So bad. Scrambling up. There's nobody within even like 20 yards of that throw. He's broken. Limited points. He must be miserable at home. I mean, I bet Sierra's just so like, oh my God, I gotta live with this guy for another two months. Spicy. No, no. I, I actually think he's the opposite. I think he is sickeningly positive. I think I think Sierra is like I, I, she needs his... to slap him into reality because you need to stop being so damn positive. I mean, that has like business venture written all over it, does it? No, no, I, let's not get into that. Everybody's okay. marriage is different. <laughs> we all, right, all love all right. each other for who we are. Sure, yeah. We had a great show today. There was yeah. a lot to discuss, obviously, of what went down this weekend. Uh, we have four teams in the Pac-12 title game race now, and all four teams are going to play each other, so that's cool. Yeah, well, I think technically Washington is still alive. Uh, te- it's a two-loss team. They have a head-to-head. Technicality, yes, yeah. but okay. realistically, this, the way the schedule shapes up, like Utah has Colorado next week. You would need a crazy You need a lot upset. of things to break your way. Yeah. yeah, you would need UCLA to lose and Utah to lose. If Utah beats Oregon, you would need Utah to lose again. Well, but if USC, you need UCLA to no, because if UW lost the head-to-head to UCLA, you need USC. If USC wins, they're in. If USC wins, they're in. Because they play Notre Dame. Yeah, they're done with Kyle. Okay, we'll, we'll get to all right, all right, let's, all right. let's. <laughs> we're already way over, and this I'm is confused. Jordan's fault. So uh, let's get it going. Dirt and Spray. Good morning. Happy Monday. We start next on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Dirt and Spray on 1080, The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Spray with you. Good morning on this uh, football Monday. A lot of football was played. We'll get to the best game of the weekend in college football because it coincidentally lines up with Dirt's heartbreak. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I mean to. The worst part was I got a cousin who's a Husky. That's the worst part. When they when they're in your family, like you can't get rid of them. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. 
And you got to read the text messages. Is there a wait on the text or is there a uh, No, it was an immediate. It was yeah. an immediate. Yeah. You know, and look, I get it. You know, hey, it's been a lot of losing over the last 20 years. So he he was ready. He was firing from the hip. I do enjoy when Oregon loses a big game. There's it, it usually comes from like swag, like checking if I'm on like suicide watch. <laughs> like he'll send a text like, "Dirt, are you okay?" <laughs> Will we have dirt on Monday? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, they've, they've lost games before. I've I, also I, noticed that, too. He does like to send, like, an SOS to dirt if Oregon loses <laughs> a game. Like, right. It's like, hey, dirt, are, are you still breathing, buddy? <laughs> are you still alive? Like, yeah, I mean, it hurts. I don't like losing, especially to a rival, but I'm, I'm okay. I'm alive. Yeah, I got a... I said, I'm still standing. I thought that was just a cool picture. I I know how it comes across, but I thought it was a cool picture by the register guard. It was a husky. It was the husky mascot, and he's pointing at the duck. Uh huh. In the background, and then the duck is prominently in front, and the duck is just let like, his head hung, <laughs> just his head down. And I'm like, like I know I'm an Oregon fan's not gonna like that photo, but it's just kind of a cool sports photo. And I had somebody respond when I posted on Instagram machine, like, "Of course you would like this. Photo. Of course you would, you duck hater." And I was like, "Go beeves." I did. I did enjoy Beaver fan giving me yes about losing the game when you just lost to them last week too. You know, but the people don't forget. Yeah, but we we should, we, we could have won. You, we we could have won too. You should have won. <laughs> I don't know about the du- ducks. Could have won. I'm not sure they should have won that game. I think there's a difference. Probably not should have. Yeah, probably not should have. I love. A, I love. A, I love a good should have. Could have. You know, what's there's the a, there's a, there's this you know there's there a, there's an angle there. There's there is. A, there's a slope there. I, I'm with Jordan. I don't yeah. know if I go should have. Could have definitely. Could have is the word you could use. Should have probably not. Well, yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> we at least on Sunday to help you get through your your loss. We at least got maybe the game in the last five years. Although I feel like we say this every other week in the NFL. There's one that we forget. Like, oh yeah, remember that Rams Chiefs Monday Night Football game and when they scored 800 points. Well, let me let me ask you this: You only differentiate Vikings Bills. From Panthers Falcons a couple weeks ago, you because only they're good, yeah, because of the records, right? That's the only difference. Otherwise, if we're just talking football itself, yes. those games are the same, uh, nearly identical. Right? I would say this one had a few more WTF plays, like the Jefferson catch, and then the not scoring at the goal line, hundred percent, and then fumbled. the fumbled yeah. snap, like that one. You had the Panthers big play at the end that more than takes off the helmet. And I guess kickers were a little more involved because you had a missed PAT and a missed field goal for Carolina. But I, I'll take these WTF plays over those WTF plays. The insane part about the – and this is what's hard to tell the difference is the hardest part to tell the difference, the insane play stuff. You're so right. Like the Jefferson thing, the goal line stand, then the fumble at the goal line, touchdown Vikings, oh, my God, they have the lead. If anybody was able to lie bet that, by the way, when the Bills got the ball back – God bless you if you took any money on the Vikings because that had to have been at least plus thirteen, fourteen hundred. They somebody on the live it was bet. Scott Hansen that did the win probabilities for them of where they were at in certain moments. Like at the on fourth down, their win probability before the Jefferson catch was down below like ten percent because it's like fourth and eighteen. Right. It got all the way up to like eighty percent at the one yard line. Then they get stuffed and it went all the way down to one percent. And then they fumbled the snap and it went all the way back up to eighty percent. I mean, it was a roller coaster. If you live bet that, more power to you. Oh yeah, I mean if you were on the I bet on that, then yeah, God bless you. I I didn't have any stones to open the app in that moment. I couldn't believe no. what was happening. Like, my dad watches NFL football every Sunday, and we text throughout the day of like, hey, can you believe this? Oh, man, what about that team? We called each other three times during this game. <laughs> he called me and goes, did you see that catch? And I was like, that's the greatest catch I've ever seen in my life. And I've thought about it. I think it's the greatest catch I've ever seen in my life. It doesn't make any sense. How? 
I don't understand it. He not only took it away with one hand, which, you know, we, we just saw... Uh, 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 what what's his name? I'm forgetting his name. McMillan did this to an Oregon DB. Yeah, it, it was kind of similar. Like I thought the Oregon DB caught it, and Washington comes up with it. Very similar in that fashion. If you watch the replay, with one hand, he kept that ball from hitting the ground. I, first off, how do you even steal it away from a DB with I, only one hand? I don't know. And then to your point, when you're falling, like you're heading towards, like how do you not put an arm down to brace yourself in the fall and it just comes loose because that's a very difficult thing to do. It's just unbelievable, that catch. <laughs> they, their offense in the final five minutes of that game turned into drop back and throw the ball to Jefferson on every play. And it I don't, should. I don't care if he's open. I don't care if there's three guys on him. I mean, they tried to throw it to Dalvin Cook on third and goal. Nobody's talking about that play. He dropped an easy touchdown pass. Yes, he did. And they ended up not scoring a touchdown on the next play. Cousins gets stuffed on the quarterback sneak. Like, anytime they even tried to throw it to anybody else, they couldn't make a play. Just give him the ball every single snap of the game. Yeah, I, I just... It's one of the best games I've ever watched. It makes me reconsider the Vikings now. It makes me question the Bills a little bit. It has to. I think there's just something there. There's the 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 injury to Allen. You hope is not going to affect their season because but doesn't injuries it feel suck. like it is now? It does to a certain he's extent. He's not been good in the red zone. He's had four interceptions well, and, the last two games in the red zone. Here's what I'll say. I don't know how much of that is on the injury because this is like three weeks in a row that he's done that. I know. You go all the way back to the Green Bay game mm-hmm. on Sunday Night Football. I think that was a Sunday Night game. It was. It was Sunday Night. And he just, I mean, just weird, dumb. Decisions. Decisions. Like he went, I, I, there was some crazy stat that I saw yesterday. He went like 60 something games with only throwing one red zone interception, and he's thrown like five in his last three. He's just given the ball away for no reason. And they had one late in that game again. He did the same thing against Green Bay when you're trying to ice the game, and Green Bay ironically ended up covering that spread. You bet on him because he threw a red zone pick. Like just kick a field goal, go up by whatever the score was. That was like a 13 point game in the fourth quarter, and you're in the red zone, and you just chuck one away and hand it off to Minnesota easily. And then they end up coming back in the football game. Like, take your medicine. It's not open. You don't need to force it. Kick a field goal and build on the lead a little bit. He He's making some of those mistakes that, that bring you back to where he was early in his NFL career that you're just wondering, like, what are you – thinking like the physical traits are all still there i'm not doubting josh allen anymore as like a nfl quarterback i'm not saying that but he is making a lot of big time mistakes that are costing them in big moments here's my only thought and then we'll go on this with the josh allen is it the injury is it just him like where this thing is because buffalo is the preemptive favorite for a lot of people they were steamrolling teams they looked every bit the part and now they've dropped a few games here they're in third place in the division not in the afc playoff picture their own division, they're in third place right now. The Dolphins and the Jets are theoretically ahead of them because of tiebreakers. Yep. And so I ask this, is it possible he's doing this because when you're that good, you're more prone to say, I can do this play. I can throw this ball. Yeah. Like, I think sometimes he's got he's got a lot of farve in him at, at certain points in games. And that last pick to ice the game for the Vikings that Peterson picked, I mean, I think that's a prime example. That was a horrible throw. That's a bad throw. <laughs> horrible it, there's throw. There's not – if you're going to throw that pass, it either has to be in the very back of the end zone or it, it can't be catchable. And I think because of the hubris he has with that talent in his arm, I think he thinks he can make a lot of these plays that are coming back to bite him a little bit. I was wondering this yesterday. Is he so talented and have such a big cannon that he suffers from the Favre syndrome? I can make that play. I can get that pass in that window. 
it sure seems like it the last three, four weeks. There's there's an era of invincibility, I'm sure, when you get that good and you're you're that dominant that you can make any throw at any play, and it's just not the case, and I think he'll learn that. I think there's also an example there with Mahomes going through this as well. Like, you go back, Mahomes had the MVP season in 2018. The next two years, I mean, just dominant. They won a Super Bowl in 19. He was a little banged up, only threw five picks. The following year after that, they get back to the Super Bowl. He had 38 touchdowns to six interceptions. His six picks went all the way up to 13 last year. And we did a lot of those these kind of segments early in the season with Kansas City. Remember, they got off to a slow start. The offense wasn't clicking. He was kind of turning the football over. And there was a lot of that, like, hey, what's going on with the Chiefs? What's going on with Mahomes? And I think it was twofold. One, teams had enough tape. They finally changed the way they were playing. Yeah, and they are saying, we're going to make you go check down, check down, check down, check down all the way down the field because we're not giving up big plays. And then there was that invincibility for Mahomes. Where Mahomes he thought he could make every throw. And you saw his interceptions tick way up. And I think Allen's probably going through that where defenses are throwing some different looks at him. And he's he's trying to force the issue because he thinks that he can. And I think he'd give him the benefit of the doubt. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He'll figure it out. But this last three weeks have not been pretty for him. All right, let's dive into the Pac-12 now. We'll get to, get to the Pac-12 weekend that was next. But first... Jordan with a sports update. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This is Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. Well, we'll dive into the Oregon-Washington game coming up. Yes, we have to. As uh, the Huskies went into Austin Stadium and did something uh, I don't think anybody really thought they were going to do, except outside of the uh, purple and gold fans. Let's talk about the Pac-12 throwing up all over itself. <laughs> uh, you know, Obviously, Oregon lost, but then the other team... Did anybody out there at all breathing oxygen have Arizona winning at UCLA? Nope. Anybody? No? Nope. I was told also that Arizona had more fans than UCLA, and I just thought, yeah, kind of. <laughs> you guys kind of deserve to lose this game then. <laughs> wow. That was the epitome of a we, we no-showed because we got a big game next week, and you always are fearful of that on the schedule. And I did not give any credence to a trap game to Arizona, and that's one in hindsight you look at. UCLA – looked horrible. They looked discombobulated. They they never clicked offensively. Charbonnet was drop, dropping passes. Like, it just, that was an ugly, ugly performance. It's one thing to lose to a good team or to a ranked team. Uh, and, and look, credit to Jed Fish and his staff, because that is the biggest win that they've easily had in his tenure so far. That's just a horrific loss for UCLA. I mean, it was upset weekend. Um, obviously, the very top kind of stayed the same with Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and then TCU beat Texas. But you had Oregon. Ole Miss, UCLA, uh, Tulane, Texas, 
You Kentucky lost to Vanderbilt at Kentucky home. Kentucky is somehow ranked in the top twenty-five, and they lost to Vanderbilt. I never want to see Kentucky ranked for the, <laughs> at least here. You know, Vanderbilt had not won an SEC game since twenty nineteen. That shit. That's like a five-year show cause. You're not allowed to be ranked for five years. I agree with that. I, I'll admit, I forgot Vandy was actually in the SEC. That's <laughs> seriously, they're in the SEC. Yeah. That's I thought they were like an ACC. Team. They're that's the Stanford hilarious. of the SEC. They're the academic prowess uh, of the SEC. Yes, I mean, that right. was another one on Saturday night. I saw the score at half of Stanford. You. And I'm like, hey, is there something that what's going on there? It was 14 7 at so the half. Did I. <laughs> and then they outscored him like 35 nothing in the second half. Yeah, Stanford sucks. But um, UCLA throwing up all over itself. I just, I, I watched a decent chunk of that game. I didn't get it. I, I, I've said this before there's good J- Jaden Alora and then there's bad Jaden Alora. And f- more likely than not, you're going to get bad Jaden Alora. You kind of got good. But even then, I say good Jaden Alora. There were plays where I'm like, he should have had a 20-yard sack, and he somehow gets out and just throws it on the run, and, oh, there's a touchdown. And you go, what? Huh? Huh? How does that happen? And there's UCLA doing what UCLA's done in the Chip Kelly era, having a big moment and <laughs> tripping all over itself. They beat LSU on TV. Great! Hey! Let's lose to Fresno State next weekend. It is, I mean, uh, for Delora to go 22-28, that's incredible efficiency, and he didn't turn the football over. That's always his bugaboo, right? It's a miracle that he doesn't right? turn the With football With the amount over. of throws that that guy makes and the kind of throws that that guy makes, usually he's good for one or two every game. You know, he's a sophomore. I know, because COVID year was a no-count season. He's going to be around doing this like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to die of a heart attack for the next two years. No, they man. have that when they, introduce the, when they introduce the starters, and I'm down there at Odson. I always chuckle when I hear the year put next to a play. Player. It's like Justin Flo, redshirt freshman. I'm like, wait, what? You've <laughs> been here for three years. I was a redshirt freshman. You're like, oh, all right, you know, COVID year, no count. He's like, okay, now it kind of makes sense. He didn't turn the football over. That was key. But even after all of that, Dorian Thompson Robinson had a wide open receiver on the last play of the game. He had Bobo running in the wide back of the Wide open. There was no, he had cut back the other way. All the defenders were flowing one way and he escaped. And it, for some reason, he threw it on a bullet and he threw it too high and Bobo couldn't, couldn't get to it. If he just floats that out, there was not a single defender on the right side of the end zone. And he just, he threw it with way too much pace. If you just lob it out there, Bobo makes an easy catch. You kick a PAT, you win the game. So after all that, they still had a shot at the end. And that was, that is so UCLA. I mean, you're spot on. And this is college football, and it's why we love it, is that there are teams in every conference, no matter how good you are. And I've been high on UCLA all year. I still think they're going to beat USC this weekend, but we'll get to that later. Uh, but if, if you don't show up, if you don't come to play, somebody can beat you. This is the beauty of the sport. It's the beauty of college football, and UCLA learned that the hard way. Well, it largely is a Pac-12, is it not? I mean, yeah. that's... You play nine conference games, you're going to cannibalize yourself. You, you said it. You said it last week, and I don't. I wouldn't imagine you had the Huskies winning that game, Dirt. But you said it last week. You said nobody's gone undefeated through Pac-12 play. We've highlighted that for years, and it was the elephant in the room again. Like it, like in 2019, we all did this with Oregon. Of like, like Arizona State, Oregon State. Where's the loss? And yeah. It was like, well. Nobody's ever gone undefeated in Pac-12 play, and you did, we did a poll question last week of will the Pac-12 break through and make the playoff, and I answered no, because I don't trust USC, although that was a glorious backdoor cover on their part with 40 seconds left to score a touchdown. Oh, is that how they covered? They scored with 40 seconds left to cover, and they won by 35. Those bastards. To cover the 34-and-a-half number after it being a 3-2 to two score at the end of the first quarter. 
Uh, but I, I, so I don't trust USC. And then for Oregon, like nobody's gone undefeated. And so I didn't, I, I didn't know where it was going to come, but I figured somebody was going to get them eventually. And it just yeah. sucked that it was Washington. Two things were clear to me this weekend that we have got to get over the delusion that you guys are talking about, that we are going to see an undefeated PAC 12 team. The cannibalization is ridiculous in the conference year after year. And yep. we're just not as good as the SEC over here on the West coast. So it's not going to be a positive. And then number two, the passing defense in the conference is horrible. That That's not an elite passing defense for Washington, for Oregon, for UCLA, for any of the teams that you want in that college football playoff. That, that showed me that uh, they're not ready for prime time. Giving up 40, 50 points to Georgia, you're going to lose every single time. That's why Oregon State should be in the college football playoff conversation. They have elite pass defense. There's <laughs> no quarterback. Put him in. Give him a shot. You know, this is crazy. I'm going to say this, and then we'll go to the Oregon-Washington thing. So I'm sitting on my couch, Oregon State's waxing cow, Blazers lose a tough game, you know. And I'm like, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, when this expanded playoff comes, Oregon State would have a real shot at that thing. They would. But they, they don't have a quarterback. And so Beaver fans like, hey, we, we killed cow. And I'm like, cool. Can we beat Arizona State? I don't know if I'm ready to say I fully trust it. Because they don't have a quarterback. He almost threw that game away. Yeah, but here's the thing. The playoffs not expanding for another year or two, so you got time to go find one. What's Oregon State need to do for a couple years? They need to rebuild that cabinet up. Rebuild it. Yep, so let's dip back into the five-win territory, build that talent back up, and then go get UF. Although JT Daniels, I guess, had a real high asking price to be the Beavers. He wanted a house and a maid and a chef. And then he got benched at West Virginia. (laughs) Good choice by you, JT. This could be us, but you're playing. I did not realize that he got benched. Yeah, he got benched. I haven't watched West Virginia since week one. I just saw that everybody was tweeting. I was like, why is JT Daniels trending? And it said he had got benched. And I'm like, jeez, what well, it a is. Bad it story is the beauty him. of it because I the, the feeling that sucks the most is when, and Oregon State even knows this as a fan base, right? Like 2000 when you lose in Seattle to Washington. Like you have all these hopes for what your season could be and where you could go. It's the worst feeling when you lose a game that's like a tough, emotional, close game. And it, there is that sense of what matters in college football. Not to say that other things don't matter, but the pinnacle of the sport has become the playoff. You want to be at the you want to be man. at the pinnacle, Everybody right? Does. And so that's the worst feeling of like ah, the pinnacle's gone. That sucks. The pinnacle's gone. Doesn't mean you can't still have a great year. And that's what I'm looking forward to most is that I I don't I I, I can't wait till we get to an expanded playoff. And I get that this is the argument that people make it'll water down the regular season. These I games know. won't mean as much. I disagree. With I that, disagree but... with it wholeheartedly. Washington yeah. dancing on the O again got me just as fired up as I've ever been about that rivalry. The rivalry. Oh, and back. Jerry Allen very dutifully pointed out that why why are the Oregon sound guys still playing music? I did the... enjoy that. Yeah, like, like turn the music off, man. <laughs> Come on, don't, don't don't give them anything to dance to or play some sad music or Look. you know give them something depressing. But that's the worst part about losses this time of year is you feel like the pinnacle's gone and it and it sucks because everybody wants to get there. Let's get to Oregon, Washington. But I'll say this: I saw a lot of Duck fans. I was on our show Twitter account last night. I saw a lot of Duck fans on Twitter saying like, "Hey, this is still a great season. I wouldn't disagree with that." Mm-hmm. I can't wait to forget that you were in the Rose Bowl in three years. That's well, I don't sad- think you will. That's sa- well, that's sadly what the playoff has created. Around the right? country, people will. You won't. Well, you know what I mean, though. The proverbial <laughs> college football world. Yeah. It's Unfortunately, that's what it boiled down to. I think you nailed it. The playoff has just overlapped everything else of importance. All right, uh, coming up next, Washington wins at Oregon. Let's dive into this one. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. Oh. This is Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you. Talk about UCLA's loss this weekend in the Pac-12. 
Well, God, how about that Alabama Ole Miss game, huh? <laughs> what a doozy. Yeah. What a doozy that one was. Jackson Dart. Can I say something very quickly because I did watch that game? Jackson Dart, buddy. Can't... Can can you just hit open receivers? <laughs> they showed a replay on CBS. He got he took a big sack at a big spot. He set up like their last play. It was fourth and long, and they're driving. And I'm like, God, they could do this. And they're driving, and they show the view after his sack from behind. And there's a there's there's a receiver that's 12 yards up the field. He turns. He's got five yards gap and throw the ball. He doesn't throw the damn football to him. He tries to step up and run. Alabama takes him down. So yes, I. I watched Jackson Dart <laughs> and his John Randall eye color. The only thing I saw that game, I was in the Mo Center after the pregame show, and I saw the face mask that they had on, on Dart, oh, where they basically Dart, ripped yeah. his head off. That might be the worst face mask I've ever seen. Well, you can delay it all you want, but oh, Washington okay. went into Oregon on Saturday, and they they, did, yeah. they they not only like hung around, they like outright won the game. It, that was a pretty crazy game. Of all the games to see this weekend, Oregon-Washington ended up being the highlight of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Look, I talked a lot about the last couple of years. This game has not meant much to me as a sports fan because it's been so one-sided, so lopsided. And I basically said on Friday, like, Washington, make this a rivalry again. And I didn't see it coming, but they did. They, they did. They outright won in Eugene. Michael Penix Jr. was godlike and... The whole of Oregon's team seems to be what we've talked about all year, the secondary. Mm -hmm. Washington absolutely exposed it. They threw all over them. And it felt like a lot of plays that there were receivers 10 yards away from their closest DB. Um, Let's just start, man. Oregon loses to Washington at home. Well, I I, I mean, I think you hit it there. The rivalry has been reawoken. I I had a similar feeling to you that it's just like you kind of take it for granted when your team wins so much over such a long stretch of time. You're just like, I don't. Doesn't really matter what Oregon does, they're going to find a way to win this game because they have so often outside of the 2016 game when Washington was elite and Oregon clearly wasn't, and then the next year it was a backup quarterback playing for Oregon and Braxton Burmeister. And since then, Oregon has won every game uh, in this rivalry. So that is it has been reawoken and and seeing Husky fans storm the field and dance all over the O. I would question, have you read a history book of this rivalry? The last time you did that, it didn't work out well for you. So, But, hey, to the victor go the spoils, and we'll see how the rivalry goes from here. I am excited that the only positive out of Oregon losing this game to me is is awakening those emotions again and having that rivalry feeling. Uh, it's good to be back. It's good to start hating Washington the way that I used to hate Washington, and it undoubtedly is there again. For Kalen DeBoer, I mean, taking the Oregon hat off, it, what a win for him. What a moment for this program. I mean, for, in year one to come in, you're a two-touchdown underdog. You had a, a really weird, fluky, dumb loss to Arizona State that unfortunately is going to probably limit you from playing in the Pac-12 championship game. Outside of that, man, it, this is the Washington team that we kind of talked about after the Michigan State game. And really, it was only one bad performance at UCLA that they went and got whooped up um, by the Bruins. Outside of that, they've been in every other ball game, and they had a great chance to win that ASU game, and you're probably left asking yourself, what if? But Penix torching them was not a surprise to me. I knew he was going to torch them. The surprises to me were twofold. One, Washington's ability to run the football the entire game let let allow them to be balanced, and I did not see that happening because Washington's rushing numbers aren't great, largely because they throw the football so much. Uh, they averaged over five yards a carry as a team. A couple of them were big scrambles by Michael Penix. Their, uh, their top running back averaged seven yards a carry. Like they, they carved them up on the ground as well, and I think that really hurt Oregon's defense because it's one thing when you're getting picked apart on, uh, picked apart on the outside, which we knew Penix would do because that's the weakness of Oregon's football team. Running it just makes it that much tougher to stop them. The other part of it that surprised me, and 
again, I'm not like if you told me on Friday Washington scores 37, like ah, I could see it. I just thought Oregon was going to score 52. And Oregon's offense being clunky in the first half and only scoring the one touchdown, having the fumble inside the five-yard line. Uh, they couldn't really get the run game going. Bo Nix was out of sorts, out of sync, kind of flustered in the pocket, and just a lot of clunkiness offensively for them. And those were two things that I, I did not see coming. So uh, for Washington, I mean, you just tip your cap because Penix outside of one throw and that throw along the goal line, which made no sense, uh, and it almost cost them the game. He was he was nearly perfect the entire football game. He was. Let's get to this more. Hour number two, Washington, what they did to beat Oregon, something you just said that I found very interesting, and also questioning a ballsy play caller in a big spot because it didn't go his way. We'll get to that next. Washington beats Oregon. Hour number two, we kick it off there on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 